You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. With the time we've got this morning, I want to talk about kingdom partnerships and the mindset of a missional community. Every week this month, we've been gathering ideas about what it means for us to be missional. And at the risk of repeating ourselves, we're going to repeat ourselves one more time, okay? So let's say this together. This is the sort of the, the, the overarching theme statement that has, that has uh, guided everything that we've done during the month of August. Let's say this together. To be a missional New Testament community is to live sent by actively seeking God's invitation into countercultural community and into the world of relational healing so that our world may experience kingdom transformation. That's been our thing, to live sent. That's what we've been talking about this whole time as we explore, uh, as we've explored uh, kind of the connection between all of the things we do and how that figures into our worship. We've, we've learned these ideas along the way. And, and the first Sunday, Chris gave us a message on Matthew's call, and he gave us these th- thoughts on missional community, that missional community is an active work of reconciliation. Paul tells us that ours is the ministry of reconciliation. So everything we do is trying to get people together with Jesus and people back together with each other. Missional communities recognize that the sinfulness of the human condition is deeper than we naturally think, which is to say, when you get close to people, you realize you are more messed up than I thought you were. Let me see an amen from all of you who know somebody who is more messed up than you thought they were. Missional community is often a messy, amen, and misunderstood form of, mul- of, of countercultural community. It's just messy to do community together, especially when you do it transparently, right? It's just messy, but it's, it's God's mess. Missional communities call us to simultaneously seek our own healing and in the process to be a part of God's healing work in the lives of others. So we're not just here for ourselves, we're here for the others as well. And then from Zacchaeus' story, do you remember that? Zacchaeus, the wee little man, we talked about him. We learned that missional communities treasure the work of provenient grace. I really love that line, and I didn't make it up myself. Sterling, a guy in Texas who was interviewing me and hearing me talk about all the things that you do, he came up with that. He asked, "What all these things, how does prevenient grace fit into the work of your community? And I thought, man, that is it. That's what we do. We get people in place so they can see Jesus when he's coming their way. Missional communities seek out and invite those who are lost. Missional communities welcome and advance the kingdom of God, and that is a big one. Missional communities welcome and advance the kingdom of God for no other reason than that we flat out love Jesus. That's why we do it. That's our motive. We do this because we love Jesus. We're not trying to be bigger, better, successful. We're not doing this for our own egos. We do this because we flat out love Jesus. 
And then last week, we talked about how prayer fits into the missional equation. We talked with Bob Garrett, whose uh, Alleluia community has been praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for our city for 43 years. He calculated it. Just one person praying for that long is 350,000 hours. And there's usually more than one praying at a time. That's how much, how many hours of prayer have been poured out over our city by those good people at the Alleluia community. And we want to be part of that. So missional communities pray in plurals. We pray together and we pray for more than just ourselves. To be missional in your mindset and your spirit is to learn how when we pray to get beyond the tick list of personal needs to the place where we become aware of and intimately in tune with God's heart for the whole. And Zach, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah's call to pray for our city was, was such a beautiful lesson for us. We learned that missional communities seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which they belong. That's straight out of Jeremiah. Do you pray that way? I mean, it's easy to complain about your government, to complain about road work that never seems to end, to complain about the things that don't seem to be just the way you want them to be, but have you prayed for the peace and prosperity of the place you live in right now? Today I want to talk about the power of partnership and the mindset of a missional community. And to help us get there, I want to invite Faith Edmondson and Lynn Smith to join me for a conversation. So will you welcome them to the stage? Yeah, um, okay, I've got to get my stuff. I didn't actually do this right. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, hey. <laughs> um, I want to just give you a little bit of, an, of, of their background before they give you a little bit of their background. Faith is a, just a dear friend of our community, and if you've been around for a while, she's been here with us before. Um, she is the executive director of the Center for New Beginnings, which shares space with Mosaic Monday through Friday, for a, a lot of the day, Monday through Friday. Their kids have our heart, their staff is a joy to work with. Lynn Smith is the executive director of Easter Seals, which has had my heart for three decades. Easter Seals was my first real job. I was Sarah Masiola at Easter Seals for five years. Five years, Masiola, uh, I stayed there five years. Um, <laughs> 30 years, that's right. I've been here 19, so we're getting there, Sarah, between you and me. All right, so Easter Seals was my first real job, and they gave me a heart for people with disabilities. Um, they've been pouring into this community and advocating for people with disabilities for something like 50 years, and uh, it's a real joy to, to be in partnership with them now with Life on the Spectrum. And so um, before they tell us more about them, I just want to remind you how they fit in to the Mosaic Center and how it works. Our umbrella name for all the projects that involve children and young adults with disabilities is Exceptional Circles. So when you hear that name, that's the name that belongs to the Mosaic Center. And Exceptional Circles is the umbrella under which the Center for New Beginnings, which does applied behavioral analysis for children with special needs all during the week, and Easter Seals, which does life on the spectrum, recreational ministry for young adults, 
on the spectrum, those two ministries are underneath our exceptional circles. And we also do respite nights. Um, some of it is, is about uh, being a support and an encouragement for parents of children with, uh, or of, of children with special needs. And also, we're, um, we, we have been doing respite night for the children who are, or for the parents of children who uh, are part of Center for New Beginnings. And we'll be starting that back in November in a little bit different form. But so think of that. That kind of helps you get in, um, get in perspective how all of this fits together. So when you hear uh, exceptional circles, think of a group of activities, projects, and partnerships at the Mosaic Center that serves folks with disabilities. And these are our two key partners. So can you give us just the brief version of how, of, of how you got to Easter Shields? Lynn, we'll start with you. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, I have trouble with brief, so I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> do your best. I'll do my We're, best. Yeah. At any rate, um, I, my mission, so to speak, was a interesting path, but I had an older brother who was on the autism spectrum, actually, and we didn't know it. He wasn't diagnosed, but he was developmentally delayed. And I watched my parents' struggles with services and things that he needed as he mm -hmm. was developing, because he was born in the 1950s, as was I. I don't like to admit that. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, services were not really available, and she was kind of on the cutting edge of trying to help get those services. And I watched her and watched that work that she did for that one child that she loved so much. And it just inspired me literally to want to do that. And Easter Seals was a, was a perfect match for me. I started working as a camp counselor as a 16-year-old, came and went a few times doing various jobs. But throughout that whole process, it was about our mission and the fact that we work with people with disabilities and barriers because we want them to feel independent and want to feel part of our society. And a lot of the services we provide, especially the, the Life on the Spectrum service, gives those opportunities. These are people that are sometimes marginalized or misunderstood, maybe is a word we use, but they, they deserve our love and our support to become part of the larger society. So that's why. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So you have a really personal and deep yes. connection with this whole thing, and uh, and and have been serving in Augusta with Easter Shields for 35. thirty-five years. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you. I've loved uh, it. It's yeah. not. Thank you. No, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. So Faith, uh, you also have a very personal connection with what you do. So tell us, give us the brief version of how you're connected and and uh, what New Beginnings is. So I work at the Center for New Beginnings, um, but my journey into this field started much before that. You ever just find your people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, those yeah. with the developmental delays, those are my people. Yeah. Like, we just click. Like, that. that's where I get joy in just serving. And I knew that in high school and began tracking along that. Um, came to Augusta, was going through graduate school, and a, a friend of mine there was sharing her dream about one day, one day I want to have this clinic to serve the rural communities for kids with autism and developmental delays. I'm like, I'm in. Well, mm -hmm. it didn't exist yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh, several years later, I had graduated and it existed. I'm like, I'm in, here I am, yeah. let's go. So that was out of Waynesboro. And so we served um, children with developmental delays and all of that for quite some time when autism was not well known at that point. If you talk about it now, people 
kind of recognize the term. At that point, it was, um, you know, you kind of got deer in headlights look, like, uh, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Um, but these are my people, and I have just grown with them as they have grown up. I've been in this long enough, not quite as long, working on it, working on getting there. <laughs> but when I started, a lot of these were at first, second, third graders, and now they're coming to life on the spectrum as young adults, and I'm looking up at them. Hi, Miss Faith, do you remember me? I'm like, oh, I gotta age you up in my brain. You're still seven-year-old to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been quite a journey to get here. That is beautiful. So can you say a little bit about how we can, how, how, do, you, how do you guys connect with us, and how do we serve together? So again, our heart had been for the rural areas, and we were based out of Waynesboro um, and growing, and a lot of people from Augusta were contacting and driving south to Waynesboro because there wasn't access to services here. Um, so we were doing some in-home and people driving, and I have to be honest, like we've worked with some other churches and things in the past to be there, and, and we're kind of always walking on eggshells a little bit because our kids are messy, they're noisy, they're not the easiest people to just kind of, they're, they're not well-behaved, nice little quiet children sitting yeah. on the, you know, the pews. Mm -hmm. Carolyn approached us. They had just finished the build-out of all this beautiful space here, and they were looking to, to fill the rooms and approached us about their heart for those um, with special needs and disabilities and folding them in, giving them a place to belong, and they reached out to us, would you come here? And, you know, we kind of, are you sure about this? Are you really <laughs> sure? <what> you <laughs> yep. And like you said earlier, we've had this conversation a, a couple of times as we're going, that they really want us here. And if you look around this facility, you see it. You see the evidence of that from the playground outside to the beautiful sensory room that's directly behind us. If you haven't been in it, check it out. It's really nice. Um, yeah. So it has really been the welcoming piece that we are wanted that the kids that we love and our heart is for, that their heart is for, that there is a place they can belong. Yeah, and, and it, it is true. We've, we've had a couple of conversations just because, think about it, when, when you, this is, my heart has always been that everybody deserves a church. Everybody. But think about being in, say, a Sunday school classroom or what we call Kid City, and a, a child with a disability, with a significant disability, goes in there and, there's, and is met by volunteers, well-meaning volunteers, who may not know what to do with that. And, and, but everybody deserves a church. And so a parent will say, after a time or two of being called out, you know, like, we, you, gotta, you gotta come pick your kid up one more time, it's just not worth it for me. That's that's what this church is trying to be. <laughs> and doing it well, I don't think so, but trying, yes, because everybody deserves a church. And a couple of times we have had that conversation because you get that mindset as a parent, you know, and you get that mindset as a therapist who works with those parents that they don't really want us here. And I've had to say, but what about the sensory room? And what about the inclusive playground? Doesn't say we want you here. In fact, we want you to be stuck here. We want you to not be able to go someplace else. <laughs> and that's true, isn't it, friends? That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah, and so then I had um, a, a parent say to me one day, it was actually at the very first Life on the Spectrum uh, event that we had, there were like 70 young adults there, and one of the parents said to me, you need to tell parents they don't grow out of it at third grade. They don't grow out of it when they stop being as cute 
And so what you do with Easter Seals really has expanded our opportunity for each, to reach young adults and to reach families who uh, live in less than typical situations. So tell us how Easter Seals connects with us or how you connected with us. Well, you bring up a really important point. Um, Easter Seals philosophy has always been about transition, that individuals mm -hmm. that have disabilities or barriers transition through phases in their lives. And they, they keep those issues, their, their disability stays but there can be ways to help the family and the individual cope and be accepted and, and those things yeah. happen through those spans. Yeah. So the life on the spectrum concept is something that we kind of worked on years ago and had for a while because we were noticing, we do primarily work source development. So we try to help individuals with disabilities and barriers get into the workforce or get into vocational activities. And we were seeing that the folks on the spectrum have unique issues when they try to get into the workforce or try to engage in society because of their communication and other issues. So we decided to have kind of a combo program where we were doing the workforce development, but we were also including recreational activities with it. So the individuals could get out there in safe environments and practice these social skills, practice social networking, do all those things. And it was going along fine, and then COVID came, okay? So, and we had desperately wanted to expand it and grow it, because we know that the, the autism population is with us from all ages, all phases of life, transitioning through life. Yeah. So we, we have focused on this particular young people age, because they're the ones that are leaving high school, going on to college, whatever that is, or going on to a job, or going on to the next phase in their life. So we, we, COVID came, it shrunk the program, and we were desperate to revitalize it. And yeah. as I said, have said earlier, you out of the blue kind of called and yeah. said, it, it, it was really a miracle, amazing, that we were at the point we wanted to grow it and, and reach out more, we yeah. come out of COVID, and you wanted to advance your program right. and what you're offering. Yeah. And it's a perfect match because it's a it's a village okay? yeah it's a village right. that's um, right so yes um it's i still get very so excited thinking about the relationship and how communities can work together to advance each other and, and do god's work basically Amen. that's what it is so, yeah, yeah yeah so when we were planning the series we talked about um we were just kind of talking about what it means to be missional and we were trying you know the thing is, you can read 100 books on missional communities, and all 100 books will describe it a little bit differently. We're really trying to figure out what a missional community looks like when it's at Mosaic. What is Mos how is Mosaic a missional community? And somewhere in that process of conversation, Taylor stumbled on Luke chapter 10, and she, she kind of made a little summary of it. And She wrote this, to be missional is to partner with lovers of peace, share hospitality and friendship, meet their felt needs, Share the good news and challenge all that is anti-kingdom. That's a really good definition, isn't it? I think that really suits us. And you guys are definitely lovers of peace. You, um, you embody the, the heart of service. Not just, you're not just doing a job. 
You're not just people checking a box. You're not just there because, I don't know, you couldn't find another thing. You, are, you have embraced this and walked this out because you are lovers of peace. Um, and, and so I wonder, when you think about partnership, how do you think about it as a lover of peace and as a person who cares deeply about those who don't always get, about those we don't always make space for? Lynn? I really think the shared hospitality issue, the sharing of resources, the sharing of self, yeah, um, it, 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 it has a multiplicitous effect. Yeah, you know, it's not one plus one; it's one plus one equals two. It equals forty. Yeah, right. You know, I, no, I really believe yeah, that. So absolutely, you know, and that's where I see the the, and I also think engagement helps both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. It makes the giver feel great, and sometimes the person that's more on the receiving end feel great too, because they're, they're loved and taken care of. Yeah, oh, it's definitely a win-win. Yeah. When you do it right, from yeah. the heart of Jesus, it's definitely a win-win. Exactly. Faith, when you and I were talking about partnership the other day, you brought um, geometry into the equation, which is beautiful, <laughs> because I would never have thought geometry, but, um, you know, uh, you said us by ourselves, that's like a segment. There's a beginning and an end. We, we have limits. We can only do so much. But add a partner and suddenly we become like a ray. Our, our reach is extended and our future is, expa is expanded. And I, I love that thought. You, you add a partner and all of a sudden your potential shoots out there a lot farther. And then, and then I thought about a line, you know, where both ends kicked out. Um, because I'm thinking about how we are part of something bigger than ourselves, something that, that extends as far back as God's people go and extends into the future. And so we're really just doing our part on a timeline that is of, of, of the history of God's people that's taking us directly to in, into the inbreaking kingdom of God. Um, so we are who we are because of Jesus, but we also who we are because of our partnerships, right? So with that in mind, when we're, when we're talking about influencing our community, what is the value of a good partnership, Faith? The value of a good partnership is often, where is your weakness? A lot of times we think about where's our strength, and we play to that, and we're doing our thing. Mm -hmm. But the value of partnership is where's your weakness. Exactly, yeah. And, and Christ talked to us about that um, in your weakness. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And yeah. we often try to cover that, you know, we're over here and we look at our strength and my strength can take me this far. So, you know, the whole geometry thing, like <sighs> math is not my thing either. That's why I knew that example was from the Lord because that's not <laughs> the way I think about life. Um, but, you know, he's like, you only have this much that you can give. And the rest of that, I was looking at it, but I can't do anymore. But when he yeah. matches you up, he, he flows through, he connects you with that partnership and it extends what you can do. Yes. That, that beauty of partnership is not about where your strength and where you're good at, but where your weakness is. And yeah. he matches that up. And when you let his strength go through that, when you partner with Easter Seals and you partner with Mosaic, that takes the reach that the center has beyond what I can do. But even far and above that, yeah. we can only do so much. Right. It's when you have the power of God working through that. When that focuses on kingdom building yeah. and reaching that, that's when it's exponential and it just goes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Lynn, I see you wanting to say something. <laughs> I think the value of partnership is making us humble. Wow. Mm. 
Because what it does is it brings like minds together, but makes us all realize that maybe another person can do something better than we can and yeah. give it to them. Yes. You know? So, yes. yeah, that's what I That see. is really strong. That is really strong. That kind of leads us directly into what, to our passage for this morning. So I'm just going to ask you guys to thank these folks. Thank them for what they do. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I also want to acknowledge other partners that are part of us. We've talked, we've mentioned several of them um, already this month, but you know, I want to I acknowledge Leadership Columbia County, which, which walked with us all the way through that playground project. Um, and in fact, Matt Kelly, who kind of spearheaded the whole thing, recently told us that they plan to make it an annual project of Leadership Columbia County so they can keep it maintained for us. That's just beautiful, isn't it? Golden Harvest has been an amazing partner for years as our pantry has expanded. Maxwell House Management, Maxwell House Management has been a great partnership. We couldn't do what we do without a partnership with their management. For Augusta, F-O-R Augusta, is a great partner in recovery. They resource us, they send people to us, and twice a week, you may not know this, but twice a week in the evenings, six o'clock to seven o'clock, Tuesdays and Thursdays, they hold a free recovery-oriented um, exercise class in our student room. Yeah, they're, they're there, blaring their music and pumping their iron every week um, on, on right here at Mosaic. A great partner, Christ the King. We could never say enough about that partnership, but they specifically their their place in our GED tutoring program, both people and resources. What a gift they are! And Christ Community Health Services has been a, a great partner for a long time, and they're just coming back in now to really partner with us at, at Maxwell House to to give more medical support to the residents of Maxwell House. We have so many other friends and partners with us in this ministry. Partners are how we keep from getting exhausted. Hidden Tribes is a website that studies how people segregate themselves, and they say that while the radical left and the radical right tend to get all the press and attention, most of us, are we don't live on those radical ends. Most of us don't. They, they, they use a term for the rest of us. They call us the exhausted majority. <laughs> Does that resonate? Yeah, it does with me. <laughs> yeah, the exhausted majority, grateful to be American, but tired of the angry dialogue, ready for another choice. We are exhausted, and we don't want anybody laying anything else on us. For the exhausted majority, partnership is hope. And Micah really kind of everything that they just said to us, Micah kind of settles that into uh, the call of God over our lives. He, he, he tells us actually what's required of us is not complicated. It shouldn't be exhausting. He asks the question, what, what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, or that word could also be translated kindness, and I kind of like that, and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. That, God says, is the mindset of a missional heart. Just do justice, love mercy, walk humbly, find partners with that mindset, and, and let them extend your reach rather than you doing everything else 
I mean yourself, and becoming exhausted in the process, that posture will produce the, 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 the humility, the willingness to admit your weaknesses, that posture will produce not exhaustion, but wholeheartedness. Missional communities do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. I think Micah's question, what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? Is the question on the heart of every exhausted person. I just want to know what God wants. You know? God, what do you want? And God says, God, what do I want? Do justice. Do the things you're longing to see in this world. Love, kindness, which is what you are starving for. You are starving for kindness. Just love kindness. Because the cruelty of this relentless judging and critiquing is wearing us out and tearing us down. And walk humbly, trusting that the best you can do is good enough. That's a line straight out of the Moore household. We've always said the best you can do is good enough. Claire Marie would bring that up every time she handed me her report card. The best you can do is good enough, right, Mama? Yeah, baby, it is. It is. And trust that doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly are not meant to exhaust us but to fulfill us. So you come to the end of a month like this where we've been talking to our partners and we've been really helping you to understand how does the Mosaic Center fit into the Mosaic Church world and what are all these things we hear about and and, and, and how does that all work? And, And you're waiting for the ask. I know you're waiting for the ask. Micah has the, uh, yeah, Micah has the ask. What does the Lord require of you? Just do justice. Love kindness. Please walk humbly. That's it. And whatever those things lead you into, God will be there to meet you. Jesus, that's what he did. And when Paul reflected on the deep humility of Jesus. He he put it in in this poetry that we still today are just blown away by. Philippians chapter two, he said, Paul, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain, vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Will you stand? Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The mindset of missional is this. Being in the very nature God. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We exist to magnify that and for no other reason. That's it. So when you come for communion today, come and walk humbly. Walk humbly. Come understanding that you come to a table that is founded on humility. On the night Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke it. And he said to his friends, this is my body broken for you. I exist to serve you. That's how I exist. And as often as you eat from this loaf, remember me. Chris? Christy, if you'll come body of Christ broken for you. After supper, he took the cup and he gave thanks to his father for it and he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink from this cup, remember me. The body of So, Lord Jesus, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Christ Jesus, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit over us, over these elements, and make them be for us the very body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Lord, make us one with you and one with each other and one with your purposes for the whole world. Teach us, Jesus, how to do justice in ways that actually do justice. And how to love kindness in ways that are actually kind. And teach us, Jesus, how to walk humbly so that we become self-forgetful and Christ-mindful until you come in your final victory and we get to feast at your heavenly banquet table. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, with your Holy Spirit and your holy church. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.